With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to be talking a little bit about some old news this morning. In particular, we're going to rewind the clock a little bit and talk a little bit about Urban Meyer as we kind of dissect what happened as he transitioned from a really great job at Ohio State, really elevated, not just that program, but really the whole profile of the Big Ten and what went wrong for him in Jacksonville. If you like the podcast, make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us, share it with your friends. I know it's the off season, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, in future episodes, we're going to talk, talk a little bit more about the impact of NIL. We're going to talk about playoff expansion. Uh, so make sure to follow us. We have a lot going on that we're going to be doing over the next several months before the 2022 season kicks off. And who knows, be, because of the transfer portal, we might have some really, really good playoff contenders in the Big Ten next year, not just Ohio State. But again, if you listened last week, maybe maybe Caleb Williams commits to, to Wisconsin. Maybe other players go to other Big Ten schools and make them a threat. Maybe Nebraska. No, no, not, not Nebraska. That's a joke. Uh, sorry, fire Scott Frost. Anyway, for those of you who are Nebraska fans, by the way, I really, I love you guys. You are a heck of a fan base. I just, I want you guys to have a great coach and I want you guys to return to glory. And I just don't think Scott Frost is the guy, but I appreciate you all for bearing with me. For those of you in Lincoln and other places, I appreciate yeah, you paying attention to the podcast. You guys are some of the best fans out there and really appreciate all you guys out there, uh, whether you're tuning in from uh, Ohio or Michigan or my home state of Pennsylvania, wherever you're tuning in, thanks for listening. And we're going to dive into the Urban Meyer saga, fiasco. I don't, I don't know how you want to call it, but if, obviously... Urban Meyer was fired a couple months ago from Jacksonville. And the reason why I wanted to cover it here is mostly because if you think about his tenure, yes, he was a, a coach for Bowling Green. He was a coach for Utah and a coach for Florida, won two national championships at Florida. But if you really think about the current age of the Big Ten, Urban Meyer is really the catalyst for the Big Ten becoming a much better conference over the past decade. And I, I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm saying that if you look at when Urban Meyer came, he came in 2012. He was announced at the end of Ohio State's 2011 season, which was 
the worst season in 30 years for Ohio State. And if you look at that hire, it changed pretty much everything. Uh, it, was, it was around 10 years ago today, actually, that Urban was announced as the new head coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And in 2011, you had, you had 12 teams, not 14. And all of the, the best teams were getting slaughtered in bowl games. You had Ohio State and Penn State coming off sanctions with Penn State with the Jerry Sandusky scandal and obviously Ohio, Ohio State with Tatgate. Wisconsin was kind of the dominant program and they just had Russell Wilson. They had the, the best, probably the best Wisconsin team in, in 15 years and they couldn't get it done against TCU or, or I think they played Oregon. They couldn't get it done against Oregon in the Rose Bowl, let alone anywhere getting near the national championship scene uh that year was alabama lsu and there was no big 10 near big 10 team near the national championship picture urban meyer comes and several things happen one almost immediately urban meyer just said screw the gentleman's agreement that was around uh, with, with the other Big Ten coaches. There was a, a bit of an agreement between the old guard of Big Ten coaches, including Jim Tressel, that they weren't going to recruit other Big Ten players if they were committed. Urban Meyer came in and said, screw that. I'm recruiting anyone and everyone. And a lot of coaches hated it. They, they hated him. In fact, there was a lot of smoke that Mark D'Antonio, who is obviously a, a great coach for Michigan State, was really angry at Urban for when he came in. And of course, Mark D'Antonio and Jim Tressel had a really good relationship. D'Antonio was Tressel's defensive coordinator for the 2002 National Championship game. And as soon as Urban Meyer came in, he's like, nah, I, I'm stealing any, anyone I can, recruiting anyone I can. And that 2012 class, despite the fact that Urban came in really, really late in the game, it was, a, I believe, a top 10, maybe even a top five recruiting class. And then the following year, you had the kind of the famous 2013 class that had Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Eli Apple, Von Bell, just stud after stud. Adolphus, I think Adolphus Washington was part of that. No, he was he was the year before, but just stud after stud after stud. JT Barrett was in that class. Um, so just incredible talent. And all of a sudden, the, every team in the Big Ten realized we either got to keep up or we're getting we're going to get buried. And so, what does Michigan do? They they fire Brady Hoke, they get Jim Harbaugh. For those you know, regardless of your perception of Jim Harbaugh, that raised the stakes because Jim Harbaugh has a national profile, and you need to recruit nationally. Penn State, regardless of what what you think of James Franklin, Bill O'Brien was great. And he, you know, obviously he went to the Texans, but they needed to get a guy who could recruit. And James Franklin was recruiting guys to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a really hard place to recruit because of its academic, uh, because it's, it, it's academically inclined. You're recruiting against Tennessee. You're recruiting against other SEC powers. And James Franklin was reeling off nine win seasons at Vanderbilt because he was recruiting well. So 
Penn State goes out and gets James Franklin. Michigan gets Jim Harbaugh. Uh, a lot of other coaches are are coming to the Big Ten. And if you look at the the if you look at the coaching situation at Big Ten schools now versus what it was ten years ago, even before Rutgers and Maryland came, there's a lot more respected, young, uh, brash coaching in this conference right it was a lot of 50 and 60 year olds before and now you look you look around the league uh yes you have greg shiano yes you have uh some older guys you know jim harbaugh is not a spring chicken anymore but it's it's a lot of younger uh opportunistic coaches guys like pj fleck guys like scott frost as much as i give him crap um it they are and one of the things that they do well, or at least most of these coaches, what they do well is they out recruit their profile. And so Maryland getting guys like Rakeem Jarrett, like that, that's a big win um, that they're becoming more attractive. And because of that, the big tens over the, not no longer the laughing stock of college football. They're routinely regarded as a top two conference second only to the sec and in a lot of ways, you can put up the Big Ten East against any division in college football, and they're they're ridiculous, right? Like it's it's the SEC West and the Big Ten East are the two best divisions in college football, and it it's clear that the Big Ten is the second best conference to the SEC. Just look at bowl records, look at success in the playoff. You know, the Big Ten has had I think three teams in the playoff only. I think only the SEC has had more. Uh, maybe the ACC. No, no, because the Big 12's only had Oklahoma. The ACC has had Florida State and Clemson. Pac-12 has had Oregon and Washington. And if you want to, if you want to include Notre Dame in the ACC, you can. But I don't. They're independent. So it's it's been. It's been the Big Ten and the SEC that's had the really the most success in terms of getting teams in the playoff. So I, I I think if you look at what Urban Meyer did, he really elevated the profile. Not only that, he really elevated kind of the rock star needs in in the Big Ten for coaching. So you had a guy who won two national championships before, won a third at Ohio State. So he not only are we talking about him from raising the profile of Ohio state, he's one of the best coaches in big 10 history and in national history, right? Not many coaches have won more than one national championship, let alone two. And he's one of two coaches in college football history that has won a championship at multiple schools. The only other guy is Nick Saban. Nick Saban won one at LSU and a bajillion at Alabama, and then there's Urban Meyer, who's won two at Florida, one at Ohio State. And so this is a guy that has done a lot for college football. He is a big name and he goes to the NFL and he doesn't just flop, but it, I mean, it's an unmitigated disaster. And so it would behoove us just to, just to talk about it a little bit um, and just to kind of talk about, should we have seen this coming? Should we have, should we have known that this was going to happen? Is this really a big shock? Um, 
I'll give you my answer. I, I think the answer is no, it's not a big shock. And I'll, I'll give you a couple reasons uh, from a performance standpoint. And then I want to talk about some of the off the field stuff. And just as a disclaimer, I, I want to do everything I can not to speak about things that are not proven. And I want to cast just a long shadow on things that have been reported, but not substantiated. And so, because I just want to be careful. I, this is not a podcast where I want to slander and gossip. I want to talk about football. I want to talk about performance. I don't want to talk about whether, you know, urban was doing X, Y, or Z. I don't want to speculate about that stuff. I want to stick with what's factual and I want to, I want to kind of give some thoughts, but I will at times talk about the smoke. And, and I, I've told this to my mom and told this to other people. And they ask me about urban. I say, I don't know what, what all happened. I don't want to get into all what happened, but generally when there's smoke, there's fire. We don't know where the fire's coming from, but generally when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so I, I, I just want to be clear on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate on different things. I'm going to speak about what the facts are, what people have said about the facts and come to a conclusion here. But let, let me go back to urban and college. So when he was at Florida, you know, he was one of the greatest coaches at that time. He's maybe the best coach at that time, because at that point, Nick Saban hadn't started his dynasty. And in fact, if you look at the SEC, the guy who started the SEC run that we're still living in was Urban Meyer. You know, if you go to the BCS era, 1998, Tennessee wins a national championship. They're not in a national championship game again until 2003. All right. So Tennessee wins and then the SEC is out until 2003 when LSU wins controversially. Remember that year, Oklahoma lost in the Big 12 championship game. A lot of people thought USC should have been in that national championship game and they weren't. Instead, it was Oklahoma and LSU and LSU beat Oklahoma. And so there's a split national championship between LSU and USC. USC has the AP title. LSU has the BCS title. And then, you know, the BCS loses their crap and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to change everything because BCS was dumb. 2004, an SEC team is locked out of the national championship game. Auburn was undefeated and was left out in favor of USC Oklahoma, which made us scratch our heads uh, after the game because USC just throttled Oklahoma 55-19. Hindsight's 20-20, that game was a pick going into that game. So no one could have suspected that. But the reality is you had Auburn, an undefeated SEC champion, left out of the BCS National Championship game. Could you imagine, like people would lose their minds if that happened in our day. Like people lose their minds if there's a one loss SEC team out of the playoff. Auburn was left out and they were undefeated. Um, 2005, you didn't even have an SEC team in the top four. You had USC, Texas in the classic Rose Bowl that year. And then you had Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Ohio State three and four. So they're not even in the top four. And then in 2006, Ohio State is the, the favorite going in against Urban Meyer's Florida Gators team, where they proceed to just 
wipe the floor with Ohio State. Like 41-14 was a generous score. It should have been like 70 to nothing. I mean, it was it was awful. As a fan, it was awful. But it was it was a terrible game to watch. And from that point on, the SEC run started. And in two out of three years, Urban wins two national championships. He gets a Heisman winner in Tim Tebow in 2007. 2009, it looks like they're going back to the national championship game, and they're beat by uh, the first of many Alabama national championship games by Nick Saban. And all of a sudden, Urban, Urban's dynasty starts to collapse a little bit. So you guys know the story. The After the SEC championship game in 2009, Urban Meyer's hospitalized with chest pains. The following year, Urban has a has not a great year. I think they had eight wins, and then he retires. And everybody's saying he's never coming back to college football. His health uh, can't handle it. Well, he's out of the business for one year, goes to Ohio State, and it's a very similar track record. The first three years are absurdly good, right? They went from a six and seven team that was just riddled with controversy uh, to a 12 and 0 team that had to be held out for sanctions. But if they hadn't been held out for sanctions, they probably would have been in the national championship game against Notre Dame. Probably would have beat Notre Dame. Maybe at least they, they would have been in the game if not for sanctions. Instead, Alabama wins their third national championship in four years. Uh, and then in 2013, they get to the national champ or they get to the Big Ten championship game where they are beat in, in a pretty competitive game against a really good Michigan State team. And then obviously 2014, they win a national championship. Everything seems like it's going well. You think they're going to repeat because of all the talent coming back. And in 2015, their offense uh, is a essentially a Ferrari that no one knows how to drive because. Tom Herman left the offensive coordinator and Tim Beck and uh, Ed Warner were co-offensive coordinators and they couldn't coordinate an offense out of a paper bag. So that started this four-year trend with Urban where he had all this great talent. He had great players, but when his assistants started to leave, there were massive holes. 2016, uh, the offense was was pretty inconsistent. Part of that was the personnel. Part part of it was people don't realize 2016 was one of Urban's best coaching jobs because they got to the playoff despite the fact that they returned two starters, one of which being JT Barrett, who quite honestly, he's a great leader, but he was not a great quarterback. Um, he was er, he was a good player. I love him. He will always be an Ohio State legend. But he ain't Justin Fields. He ain't Dwayne Haskins. He ain't uh, C.J. Stroud. But, and that's just putting it honestly. Um, but then 2017 and 2018, they had amassed two top two classes. And yet Urban, again, kind of went and hired these assistants who were, quite honestly, awful. The defense was suspect. It, in multiple ways 
they gave up 55 points to Iowa in 2017 in a huge upset loss. And they gave up to 49 to Purdue the next year. Both of those games knocked Ohio State out of the playoff chase. I'm not sure if, and I don't mean this rudely to Iowa fans, but is that the first time Iowa scored over 50 in like a bajillion years? Like I didn't know Iowa could score 50. And you know, they did it against Ohio State and their defense. And, and the thing that was shocking about both that game and the Purdue game is, you know, Urban looked like he was a deer caught in headlights. In both those games, like, I have no idea how they how we could have been this unprepared. And that, that gets to my point. Urban was a great head coach, particularly when he could implement his system, his way, and people bought in. But at both places in Florida and Ohio State, when assistants started leaving for greener pastures, he really struggled to recapture the magic. So that's a concern. The second concern is, and you can see it, especially in Ohio State, as more recruiting classes came in, is that the way that the culture is shifting, Urban's mentality and how he coaches players is becoming less and less compatible. So like even 10 years ago, you know, you could be, uh, you could be a drill sergeant. You could demean kids. And I don't mean that in a, in a way that to say, wow, you're, you know, you know, you're, you're abusing kids. But I think of uh, the phrase in Remember the Titans that Herman Boone, Denzel Washington's character, Herman Boone says, says, I may be a mean cuss, but I'm the same mean cuss to everybody. And if you talk to his former players from back when they won the national championship, they're like, he was a mean cuss. And they said other things that I'm not going to repeat on this show, but like he was a he's a he was a he was a jerk, and then when he got the most out of you, he became your friend, and that's the way he coached. Well, you're get, you're seeing stuff now from players who just left. Marcus Williamson mentioned this on Twitter, who just graduated from Ohio State. He he said on Twitter that Urban said if he ever caught him smoking, he would effing end him. I don't know what to make of that. But, you know, some of his former players before that said, oh, yeah, like he would say that all the time in the context of coaching. And that was acceptable. I'm not saying it is acceptable. I'm saying that's what was acceptable in that culture, which is clearly starting to shift. In fact, if you look at Twitter, when stuff was coming out about about Urban, there's a clear delineation between players that were in his teams from like 2016 and earlier and 2017 and 2018 there were a lot of guys 2017 and 2018 that were applauding marcus williamson for for speaking out against urban as as well as speaking out against other things versus guys like joshua perry cardale jones tyvis powell who are all like what are you guys talking about like urban was great and he was impartial and he was like obviously not a racist and these are all guys that are, or at least mostly guys who are black saying, come into Urban's defense there. And so there's this clear delineation where the culture seems to be shifting. And so if you look at Urban, he was a lot of things, but he was inflexible. And 
inflexible with the way culture was shifting and he was inflexible in terms of structure. And so if, if people didn't buy into his structure and they didn't buy into how he coached, things started to fall apart a little bit. Now, it never fell apart to the extent that they lost more than two games a season. Like Urban's record at Ohio State is, is insane, right? I think he lost eight games in seven years. Like not even Nick Saban's done that. And Nick Saban has, has had several years where they've lost two games, three games. Like Urban never lost more than two games. Most seasons, he only lost one. He went undefeated in one. And yet you could kind of tell, particularly 2017 and 2018, things, they weren't as well oiled as they could have been. And so I remember when he left, when he left Ohio State, he went to Fox. I'm like, I hope he never goes, I hope he never goes anywhere else because I don't think he can survive. And I certainly don't think he can survive uh, in the NFL because the NFL, not, not only are you having to deal with guys who are getting some of which, some of whom are getting paid more than you, but also, you know, if you get a hot shot quarterback, like they're going to want you to change your system around for that, for their benefit and their comfort. You, you have guys who want to make sure that they're meeting demands for bonuses in their contracts and all these other things that you have to manage. You got to manage egos far more than in college. Not only that, but Ohio State, you could get away with having a down year because you still got more talent than everybody else. And that's, that's still true with Ryan Day. Like Ryan Day, this was a bad year for Ohio State. And they went 11 and two, right? And the reason why is because like I could coach Ohio State to win over Rutgers. No offense to Rutgers fans, but you guys know what I'm talking about. The, the talent disparity like, there's not a single guy on Rutgers roster, roster right now that would start for Ohio State. And Ohio State's defense stunk this year. M maybe Fadakasi would, would start for Ohio State. Maybe. Um, but I'm not sure. And, like, that's like that's just the reality. The talent disparity is massive. In the NFL, the talent disparity is very, very slim. And then Urban goes, typically, if you're replacing a fired head coach, you're going to a place that has less talent than the other teams. And so not only does Urban no longer have the talent advantage to get away with some of it, but he's dealing with a culture that is changing. And he's also dealing with grown men instead of 18 to 22-year-olds. And all of which I'm like, this is not going to end well. Well, so, so when he got hired by Jacksonville, I'm like, he's going to be done in two years. He's going to be done in two years. And I was wrong because he was done in 12 weeks, 13 weeks. Uh, it was already a little weird with the draft. You know, he drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. And he's like, yeah, he'll be a good third down change of pace back. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, you don't draft a third down back first round. I just, I mean, you know, he's coaching or he's fire, or hiring coaches that have a checkered past. And so he's not aware of just his kind of the, the stigma around himself. And so he's hiring guys who have been claimed to be racists, which I'm not saying he is a racist. I'm not saying he's a racist. I'm saying 
you're not thinking from a whole managerial CEO perspective. Like you've got to think in line with perception, especially when you are who you are. And he's not doing that. He can't get under the radar. So that was already a problem. And then you get to the, the actual season where he's saying things like, you know, I always say we want to get 250 yards passing and 250 yards rushing. And, and it's like, dude, you're not in co- you're If you are averaging 250 yards rushing, either you have the best offensive line in the history of the NFL or you're, I mean, you are like carrying the ball 60 times just to lose in a very excruciating fashion. It's just not that type of game in, in the NFL. You don't rush for over 200 yards hardly ever as a team, right? So, you know, he's obviously he's talking about having a balanced offense, but it's just like you are so unaware of the NFL versus college. So that that was very strike, striking to me. But even if that were the case, if I'm Shad Khan, I'm giving him at least at least a year to see if he can write the ship because he, you know, to, to go in and, and fire him in 12 weeks, e that's not good. But then came the off the field stuff. And so, you know, there's the, the, the report that he kicked the player, he kicked the kicker. I don't, I don't know how much I buy into that. Urban denies that. Then there was the stuff where he, he was at his restaurant in, in Ohio which all the details of that are, regardless of what was actually happening, are disturbing. He was in Ohio. He didn't go home with the team after a loss, which to me, that's already a sign of bad leadership. Like you're not going back with your team. I know he's got family in Ohio, but that's, it's just a bad, that's just bad in general. It's bad for the locker room. It's bad for camaraderie, like just all that stuff. It's not good. And then he gets caught dancing with a girl, a girl who's half his age is grinding on him. He's probably mostly, you know, somewhat drunk. There's more video that that just shows things that is even more disturbing And I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to speculate on what happened after that, what didn't happen. That's not the point, but it's just like, you are in your mid fifties, you are preaching to your guys. Don't do stupid things that cause distractions. And you are now the biggest distraction. And then he has a press conference as, and and all he says is, well, I was stupid. I was dumb. I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Like actually own up to it, man. Like, Actually, get out in front of it and say, yeah, I preached this to my guys and I didn't do it. I failed and I have asked for accountability in these, in these ways. I've asked for, and he didn't do that. He just kind of said sorry in a very awkward press conference, but felt like his tail was tucked between his legs. And it's just this massive stench throughout his tenure where it got to the point where there's so many things coming out from Jacksonville that they had to let him go. And it seems like there might've been some stuff 
that was thrown out there so that they could fire him with cause so that they don't have to pay his buyout. Again, I don't want to speculate on that, but the reality is he had done enough to be fired immediately. And they did it and they should have. And the reality is I think what that showed us about Urban is that he was he was a great college coach. He elevated the Big Ten in ways that they really needed to be elevated, right? Because no other coach had done anything to raise the profile in a national way like, like Urban did. But this has been the writing on the wall, I think, for a while. You know, go back to when Urban retired from Ohio State. You know, he was under controversy there because of everything that happened with Zach Smith. Um, he's a former wide receivers coach who there was some sort of domestic dispute. Again, I don't know all the details. I don't know what Urban knew. At, at the time, I thought the suspension was, wasn't warranted that they gave Urban. But again, where there's smoke, there is usually fire. And so I, I don't know everything that happened, but here's, here's my conclusion. Urban is one of the probably top 10, top 15 coaches of all time in college football. I hope he doesn't get back into coaching because I think it, if he does, it'll, it could ruin his legacy. I think he needs to stay out of the spotlight. I, I hope if he does anything, it's go back to Fox and be a broadcaster or be, be on their big noon kickoff. Because quite honestly, he was amazing at that. He was really, really good. And I, I think that's a good job for him. I think he can kind of restore some of his credibility that way, stay home with family like he says he wants to, to do. But that would be the only thing I would, I would recommend for him. Um, I think if he goes back into coaching, I think the game is starting to pass him by. I don't think he can change like Nick Saban has. I don't think he's a coach like Ryan Day or Jim, even Jim Harbaugh, who's kind of been more flexible uh, in, in how he coaches his guys. But the reality is this, there is a reason why Ohio State fans, more than I think anyone else was like, this is not going to work out well when he went to Jacksonville. And it, it wasn't because we were mad at him. Like I wasn't mad that he left. I was actually kind of glad when he left because I thought he was on the tail end of his, of his effectiveness at Ohio State. You just kind of tell, like you don't lose games by 31 and 29 points to mediocre Big Ten teams unless there is a major deficiency. And again, that's no offense to Iowa or Purdue, but it's one thing to lose to Iowa and Purdue. It's another thing to lose to them by 30 right? To never be in the game. And that's what, honestly, what happened in those games. So I, I think, yeah, my, my hope is that Urban doesn't go back into coaching. I also hope he, he learns to take more responsibility because I, I don't know everything that happened. Um, and I don't want to, but again, the, the, the adage where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I hope he learns to take more responsibility, to name the things that he needs to take responsibility for. I hope his marriage is okay. I hope his relationship with his kids are okay. And I, you know, I hope that he can be remembered, 
hopefully as, as one of the best coaches of all time, because he, at this point, regardless of what happened at Jacksonville, which was, it was a disaster. His college resume is impeccable. And I hope that people were, I hope that's what people remember, remember him by. Not that he tried to come back again, like Les Miles, and it's, it's a disaster. So that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Thanks for listening to uh, this kind of processing of Urban Meyer. I know it's a little long time coming, but I wanted to take some time to really think about it and, and ponder it. What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear uh, either in, uh, in reviews or even on the Instagram or on Twitter. What do you guys think about Urban and kind of his legacy right now? Uh, make sure again to follow like, subscribe, and we will be back next Friday. Not sure what we'll be talking about. I need to need to think through what where we're going. But uh, again, thanks for listening to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. This is Zach Guggenheim, your host, signing off. Take care. God bless. Mm-hmm.